Good evening. It's Wednesday, February 24th, and you're listening to The Fringe Meta. I'm your host, Kyle Dr. K-Force Pet, and with me, as always, my trusty sidekick, Peter Resting Lichface. Shepard, how you doing this <laughs> evening, Pete? Great, great. Uh, the plague has almost abated, so I, I think that's the right word. Um... My, my, I really should look that up afterwards. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, it's almost gone, so bear with me. There will be some coughing, but I'm not going to be as vigilant as I was last week about trying to uh, mute myself and such because um, we're you're almost here. You're, you're lazy. Let's be real. You're lazy. Really, honestly, that's it. We're almost on the other side, though. Almost. Um, got the cheat day coming on Friday. Some beer, some League of Legends, some pizza. Should be fun. And I should be in proper health to enjoy it to its fullest this That's time. Good. Yes. Um, what do you want to even start with right now, man? I mean, I don't know. What have you been? What have you been up to? What, have you been playing? Did you play anything this weekend? I, I, I've been, I've been too sick, man. I've yeah. honestly been too sick. I, I've had to save my voice and what few decent hours I had in the day to uh, nap, catch up on sleep. Uh, you you didn't work. go see any interesting movies? Or... Uh, no, nothing like that. No, I, I saw Deadpool on the weekend. Yeah, what was you think? Amazing. It was amazing. It was. It was great. And it's great because it's this mid-level $40, $50 million budget film. No stars except for Ryan Reynolds, by the way. Spoiler, guys. Spoiler, guys. But, I mean, you know, the leading lady, well, I'm pretty sure she's Canadian or something. She, I know she's been in a bunch of sci-fi stuff that's filmed in Vancouver, so I, shoot, I assume she's Canadian. Um, you know, no other big name actors, basically, really. And it's amazing to see what they can do on that sort of budget. And movies like that just aren't being made right now because they're not considered financially viable. But uh, we saw X-Men um, or the uh, the uh, Wolverine, the new Wolverine movies uh, got greenlit as an R-rated feature. Uh, apparently um, it was the script has been uh designed as an r-rated feature oh okay um, since before but still deadpool this test but didn't exactly did. hurt she's I, actually, and pete she's actually from brazil oh is she yes i just assumed she was canadian because she's pretty much in every sci-fi film shot on the west coast in vancouver so uh my bad um oh. and i mean she's also she's all she was also in homeland mm-hmm. um but she's not like a no offense to her, whatever her name is. She's not an A-list celebrity. I'm sorry, you know. There's nothing wrong with being B-list, okay? There's nothing wrong with being B-list. Um, her, her first big break was uh, Firefly, obviously. I yeah, obviously. Remember that quite well. Um, rip, it, rip, yeah, Rip Firefly. Yeah. So that movie was amazing. Um, the fourth wall breaks, just the way it was uh, structured. And uh, you know how much I hate flashbacks and time travel. I love the flashbacks in this one. Oh, the band, the constant Cause, band. Because it was so, it was so ridiculous. And oh my God, those mm. credits. Yeah. The op- the clo- the end credits were amazing, but oh, the opening cre- credits. Yeah. Oh yeah. So right? good. Or it's, it's exactly just... what you do with like a kind of roguish movie like this, you know? Yeah. All right? Like it's an R-rated medium budget film that just doesn't get made anymore. And you just put up the double middle fingers to the execs in your trailer or in your trailer, your lead in, your intro or whatever. Right? And you're amazing. Let's let's not actually name anyone who's actually in the movie. Let's just make funny jokes. Yeah. About all these people. Um 
sort of spoilers, by the way, for folks out there who haven't seen it. Sort of. So forward, fast forward, couple mm. minutes. Wait, for what? those, for those of oh, you who, yeah, yeah, so, like, sort of spoilers. Like, like it, 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 it has to do with the plot, but it's not like you know, earth, you know, breaking or earth shattering or anything like that. Re- reveal. So, <laughs> thinking back, the the most hilarious bit is when he's hunting Francis for me. Okay. Yeah. He's yelling at everyone after he's killed like half of them. Yep. Where's Francis? <laughs> they all know Francis as Ajax. So they have no clue what the hell he's talking about, who he's talking about. And what I thought of that, I was thinking about it at work the other day. I just I just started laughing and laughing and laughing. Like that makes the sequence so much so much better than is already hilarious, uh especially with the Zamboni. Um you know, uh, I, that movie had me in utter stitches, and I still kind of had the plague. I was coughing, like, every single time I laughed, it, yeah. but it was so worth it, man. VIP seats, it was great. I, I, I yeah. I, I want to go see that movie again, actually. I probably won't, but I really loved it. It's amazing flick. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Yes, indeed. Um, Cool. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see it recently, too, or you saw it a couple weeks ago? Yeah, I saw it the week before. <coughs> you didn't want to spoil it for me, right? I, I did not, no. Yeah, I mean, there, there weren't that many spoilers. You know, it's it's Deadpool, right? So how many spoilers can there be? He spoils his own story, for crying out loud. Right? It's, a, it's a pretty basic um, plot, plot, but I think that kind of helps the movie Yeah. all told by not making it overly complicated. And some people have asked me, like, oh, you know, can I take my kids to see it? And I'm like, oh, how old are your kids? No. Like, okay, 11, 12 years old? I'm like, no. Th- there are four or five scenes that basically you can't take them to see the movie because you'll have to answer too many questions afterwards about. like the And, and a couple of scenes that are r- gratuitously violent. Um, you know, I'm just like, yeah, like, you know, there's, it's basically just four or five scenes that you can't take, like, a 12-year-old to. They, they need to be on the other side of puberty, I'm, I'm afraid, folks. Um, to explain some of that stuff. Uh, anyway. So I spent most of my weekend playing The Division. Yeah. Or at least a large chunk of it. Yeah. Well, so, you did disappear on me, so... It's uh, another little bit of an open beta. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm liking I'm, what they're doing. The engine, I'm, I'm you know, the definitely weather looking forward effects. to it. Yeah. There's so many cool things in that game. I just can't get behind the flavor. Just like World and Conflict, loved World and Conflict, loved the gameplay, loved the graphics, everything about it. I loved the the system that they set up for it, the server system. It just didn't didn't particularly care for the universe it's set in. Maybe I'll soften on the because because it's too universe. real. Yes, because it's because it's literally too. This could actually happen, and this it's, is scary. It's in the you. uncanny, it's even a little bit worse than World and Conflict for me. Actually, I think because it's it's in the uncanny valley. Where then you got stuff like nanobot grenades to heal and stuff like that that just put it a little too far over. It just does not compute with my brain. Well, and the whole scenario is quite potentially terrifying when you think that. Yeah, doesn't scare me. This that much. could this could happen. Oh yeah. The, and the whole game is the whole game. In case you don't know, ah, uh, is based off of uh, an old simulation yeah. uh, that. The U.S. ran back in 2001 on how the country would deal with uh, a mm. bioterror attack, 
on a major city. Yeah. Not uh, well. Turns out not very well. Not very well. Uh, those are the conclu- that was the conclusion of the report. And part of the game is based around this executive order. This real executive order. Mm-hmm. They it, it came out of uh, what, they're, what they called Operation Dark Winter, which was the simulation. Uh, basically giving the president power to ensure the continuity of government in the case of a national collapse. Yeah. But there's parts of it that are secret. And that no one has been able to see. National security, blah, 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 all that fun stuff. Yeah. So it's it's interesting that... Um, where was I, where was I going? The, it, it's it's so, based on reality, et cetera, et cetera. So the main... Yeah. So you play what they're calling the the division, right? Like mm-hmm. it's this is the secret agency that George Bush established uh, to ensure continuity of government. You're a lone lone wolf operative. You really answer to almost no one. The president directly, I'm assuming. More or less, yeah. yeah. I mean, we don't quite know. It's uh, a bunch least... of Jason Bourne shooting each other. Sorry, just. I, I was I would have gone with Jack Ryan's shooting each other, but okay. Right, Jason Bourne's too liberal. <laughs> uh, I, I was more going in the it's the it's the Tom Clancy universe, so let's make a Tom Clancy spy joke, not oh. a Robert Ludlum spy joke. Are they different writers? Yes, Pete. They're different writers. I love this podcast because I learn something new every week. Um, when you correct me in the in the middle of it, because I uh, I openly admit that I I don't know stuff like that. Yeah, I'm not embarrassed. I'm not ashamed. You know, I always yes. thought that Jason Bourne was uh, was Tom Clancy. So no, he's not Tom Clancy. Yeah. Uh, he's a completely different writer. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, it's it sounds like a really cool game. If I had a con, are you playing it on the console? Yeah, I'm playing it on the. Console. If I had a console, which you know I have been, I have been debating for, uh, uh, at least six to eight months now. Like seriously, like do I want to get a TV? I actually have the space in my room cleared, by the way, for a console setup. Now, before else. you get a console, yeah. I think the TV needs to happen. Well, yeah, obviously, the, uh, the space is cleared. Uh, but like, for I, I think even if you decide. Oh, I don't want a console. Oh I, yeah, I no. think you should go get a TV. No, the TV is going to happen before the console, much before the console. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, for that, league mostly. Because let me tell you, the ability to just lay in bed and watch League of Legends yeah. is pretty awesome. And I love watching. Like, there's so many streamers I love to watch now. Yeah. Uh, creative League of Legends. <coughs> Sorry, Heroes of the Storm. Multiple, multiple uh, channels I love to watch. So, yeah, it's great stuff. So did you watch? Did you get to watch any games? I did. I watched Sunday Live, and I just kind of looked at the score. I, I'm not even gonna lie. I just looked at the scoreboards from Saturday. I didn't. I didn't get a time. I didn't get time to watch the games. I'm sorry, folks. Been uh, <coughs> too busy catching up on my sleep this week, to be brutally honest. Um, yeah. Uh, Sunday games were exceptionally exciting, though. Uh, I, 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 I gotta, I gotta hand it to them again. Echo Fox. My God. And Froggen, coming out of like. I, you know, I feel like saying coming out of nowhere with this 
is insulting to the guy, okay? The the and 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 saying that he's putting the rest of the team on his back is also kind of insulting to the rest of his team. But my god, can that guy lead a team? Hey? Yeah. Night and day difference. Um night and day difference. Amazing amazing games by uh, by them. <coughs> um the one I got to see as well. Uh CLG, I was worried they were going to lose to Renegades. I was worried. And then I realized Hotshot really, you know, put in the elbow grease this week because he wanted to beat Monte Cristo's shitty team. <laughs> a- amazingly good team with a lot of potential. That I-, I just don't understand how somebody who's so critical of the North American team in general <laughs> still can justify his opinions with his hindsight is 2020 whenever we see international play, right? Yeah. Having a team that is in dead last. I just don't get it. I'm sorry. I know this is like the fourth week we've I've harped on about it, so I'm going to try to keep it short. I just don't get it. I think he's a hypocrite. Uh, you know, I, I think SKT and the Korean teams are still in exceptionally good shape this year, but I think we're going to get a lot stronger showing when we start to see international competition. Would you not agree? Yeah. Is that, sure. Would SKT beat Immortals right now if they were to play a best of five? Yes. Yeah. I would say so. Would probably. Immortals take a game off them at least? Yes. Yeah, probably. So, um, we got a long way to go. North America is a region. I mean, it's part of that. We talked about this a lot on the podcast. It's part of the why we started this podcast, you know, um, because because we realize North America's got a long way to go, but we think we have the potential as a region if we're strategic with our imports and such like that to have a very strong competitive league team, uh, a scene rather. Yep. You know, um, and these teams this this season are really putting that bar up there. eh? I mean, the spread from except for the dead last team, the spread from the second last team to the to first team is, you know, really yeah. competitive. <clears throat> so um, any games in particular that you would like to uh, discuss? Uh, not not particular. I'm not mm. sold. Uh, TSM had some very rough yeah. games this week. Yeah, first 0-2 week in years. In, a while. in years. In a while. I know the commentators okay. were saying years, and they have very good access to those stats very quickly, right? So, yeah. like, in seasons, like like since season two or something like that, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, like, um, they, what were is in, it? they were in a position to win the Cloud9 game handily. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think that they just, they overreacted when they got caught the first time in their base once again. And yeah, yeah. So I'm going to criticize Doublelift here, but we're going to go way back. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast, um, but this is the this is the extremely old conversation we always used to have um, about who was the better AD carry, mm-hmm. Doublelift or Chaos. And we always used to praise Doublelift's mechanics, and then but also praise Chaos's positioning, and what made the person the better AD carry. Yeah. And once again, I go back to my argument: positioning is king. You can't mm-hmm. DPS when you're dead. Yeah. The Doublelift, especially on a protect the Doublelift comp, running yep. Kogma. 
Yep, double you know? lift uh, got a little too close to the team. I mean, I don't think that that was the right call to go for that inhibitor in the first place and try and force it down. Mm-hmm. I think they should have gone and played the round Baron. Yeah. Tried to get a fight out in the open. Yeah. But I wasn't in the game. Maybe they thought they could. I'm not sure. You know what's push, funny? Push and take the inhibitor and then mm. then get the Baron with the lane pressure. I mean, I get I get that decision. That decision does make sense. But yeah. I think you want to be able to let double lift kite back in different directions if he needs to. You know, I'm I'm gonna interject real quick, uh, yep. just because I think it's relevant. Uh, it's it's funny. I didn't really I didn't really get a sense of exactly what the shot calling pros make was until just recently i was telling you in the pre-show uh i swear i can tie this back in um vulcran uh dyrus uh cutie pie and a couple other guys i don't know their name that great uh gosu i'm not sure if you've heard of him um a- anyway you know back in anyway um and some other like non-active pros basically but they're at pro level yeah. have been dynamic queuing together and i didn't really understand what shot calling and communicating and like debating like uh, we can take the inhibitor. So the example you're 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 saying, right? Yeah. No, no, no. We need to back off, and we need to back off. Uh, we can take the inhibitor in a second if one of them gets out of position, or so and so shows top, or whatever, right? I didn't really understand it until I've actually heard like a few hours of it, the, because they've been doing it a lot this week. Yeah. Um, I hope they do it again tomorrow. I'm loving uh, watching them while I'm uh, drawing when I get home from work. Um, but anyway, um. I didn't really understand what that was until I saw that. And that's the sort of stuff that the pros are supposed to be doing. And clearly there's something going on with TSM where they're not that, that I guess the adjustment phase of the shot calling where people fall in line, right. Or they say, Oh no, 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 it's, it's not safe enough, you know? And, and there's just people that have a certain threshold for how safe something is. And they're no, 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 I'm strong enough. We'll set up for it. We'll set up for it. Okay. I mean, Cogma's not, that great at taking inhibitors if he's doing an on-hit build with his W basically just to speeds up his attack against inhibitors, if I recall correctly, right? Yeah. So you've got you've got you've got a, a Kogma with uh, what one or two items in his inventory that are helping him take down an inhib, and he got caught. I'm assuming. No, he's got multiple items. Still, not the ideal. Like, let's just burn this really quickly. We're not talking about a Lich Bane. You know, late game Lich Bane. Um, you know, no, but he's got assassin. Uh, here. He's got IE, uh, Mercury Shield, Scimitar. I mean, Merc- Mallet, Mercs like... and Frozen Mallet are pretty low on the AD side, though. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, it's like it's not. It's a BF. Mercs is a BF sort of. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's been or, a while since sorry, I played, no. played AD carry. Sorry, pickaxe. Yeah, pickaxe think... now, but it's 75 so. attack damage. Hmm. So it's a de- yeah. like it's a decent chunk of AD. It, it seems to me like that adjustment, you know, is just kind of falling off here. And just how small the mistakes need to be at that level of play. Because these guys are in dynamic queue. They're against other people who are queuing up maybe maybe four or five people as well, right? And <laughs> sometimes they're throwing games just because of one little positioning mistake. Somebody gets caught late game, right? So... Um, and I didn't understand it until then. So I can see now, and I'm a little bit more empathetic to the teams or sympathetic to the teams that are having these communication issues. Um, anyway, 
Uh, you were saying against the so so how the so, how the game ended out because it sounds to me at this point they're pushing it in Hib. What the hell happened? Oh, uh, double lift got caught. They got comboed. Um, they let get, they let balls get a like triple barrel combo on the whole team. Yeah, all that fun stuff. Um, yeah. The other the other problem that game and it was also a problem. I think one of the problems in the second game. Hmm. is one of the picks in particular just seems out of place not working in the team right and in this game it was the bjergsen leblanc i was about to say everyone else on that team can peel or disengage for kogma except for kogma himself and the leblanc now <laughs> i do get the i do kind of get why they want to take the leblanc because mm-hmm. LeBlanc can chunk people low, right, and then Cogma can clean them up. Yeah, especially with the hurricane um, and the multi-hit. Yeah. So I do, I do. It does. It doesn't make total. Um, it does make it some does, sense. It makes some yeah. sense. Yeah. But I kind of think uh, Bjergsen Syndra would probably have been the best choice. I mean, she's. Here and here's my li- I'm sorry because you're a TSM fan. Here's my yeah. criticism. I've been noticing this for a while for TSM, like since last split with Loco. Uh, <laughs> fringe picks, please. Right? Immortals are picking up fringe picks. Cloud Nine are picking up fringe picks. CLG's been a fringe picker since you know that's why they're my team. And you're right. T- Bjer- Bjergsen should have this pocket pick, right? He should have Cinder's mechanics down enough yeah. that he's he not that rusty. He's- He's played Syndra already this split. So, you know, it, it why? just uh, it, I just don't completely agree <coughs> with mm-hmm. the LeBlanc. And then day yeah. two against Dignitas, the Quinn just... That was a ball buster. We were, I was talking about it in Skype, man, right? For like half yeah. an hour with you. I just don't understand that pick at all. Into, into, into Malphite. Into the Malphite. Last yeah. pick, into. Like... No, uh, no, they did lane. Did they lane swap? I forget. I forget. Uh, yeah, I think I believe they did lane. You're swap. You're right. Sorry, they did try a lane yeah. swap. But even with a lane swap, I just don't see that at all. And what? I'm sorry. What exactly is that global presence supposed to be um used against? You've got and on the other team, you've got an Alistair roaming. You've got a Corky who's known for roaming. You have a Kindred who is virtually unkillable after level six. You know, who, yeah. who, who, who was that Quinn supposed to be hunting down scarily? Like, I just, you know, I don't know, man. Um, it's not Hanser. It's not Hanser's fault. Um, I'm, no, I'm, and I, again, the po- a, a Poppy there mm-hmm. would probably have been the better pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Part of me one, does wonder. And like, unbanned. Maybe TSM trying things, trying things in actual games. I still, I have trouble with, I know as a fan like you, so I don't want to destroy your delusion too much there. I just, I I could see it last season. I can't see it happening this season because they're not, they're not trying any fringe picks, man. They're not trying any weird new comps or anything. That's what's so frustrating to me about TSM. It's like, 
it's like they're trying it's it's like they're playing what cloud nine did their first split in um which was the second split of lcs right but their their first split um only it's not working and they're refusing to change things so if cloud nine had had you know they're going for the power picks just for the sake of getting the power picks even when the picks make no sense together you know what i mean um and they're close Right, but you, I'd argue that Poppy would be just as big of a power pick as Poppy would. Actually, that's what makes it even more frustrating for me. Poppy would be a power pick that would work with the comp perfectly. So, and she, she wasn't banned. So why the hell didn't they pick her? Did they forget she existed? Somebody's messing yeah, up. Somebody, somebody's somebody's mess, up. messing up, and something is. Yeah. <laughs> somebody's not right. I mean, when. You know, you've heard us talking at our at our level about our comps, and you know, I'll just say outright, I'm playing Hecram, and it's he's terrible on this comp, and he's terrible against their comp, but I want to play him. Yeah, okay, I can get away with that. Um, but but then you get other games where I'm like, no, you know what? Actually, I'm going to play like Zach this game or Gragas or whatever. He's really good in this comp, you know. And, and I remember every single champion that, that I have in my pocket, right, as a pocket pick. That works with yep. certain comps, disengage, hard engage, double dive, whatever comp we're working for. And you know, I pull them out. At this level of play, you can't mess up like that. Um, if TSM want to get some wins, uh, pull up a chair and listen, TSM. And Renegades as well. Because it's the exact same advice. You have two of the best, or you each have one of the best mid laners in a region overloaded with amazing mid laners. Get your jungler on someone who can gank mid early and consistently and gank them ahead. And you will be amazed at what you can see. And that's all they need to do. If they if if they if they're just completely confused and Weldon's busy and they can't get him to help them, if they want to get a win next week, that's what they gotta do. Um speaking of which, who are they up against next week? Echo Fox on a hot streak. Yeah. You're a TSM fan. I am. I'm a little worried. Liquid not on such a hot streak. And I called it early in the season. And I remember I, I remember uh, talking with Colin about this. He was like, what? Team Liquid's had a couple amazing comebacks lately, you know? Yeah, against lower tier teams. They had, they had decent comebacks against lower tier teams that didn't know how to close out games. Now the true Team Liquid is showing their, you know. Anyway, um, I'm looking forward to next week. I'm looking forward to seeing how Echo Fox uh, does. I, I'm honestly, man, like I'm, I'm hoping that TSM manages to pull it out, but I'm obviously looking forward to Mortals versus uh, CLG. <laughs> um, I'm hoping CLG has a shot here. Uh, if they can even remotely disrupt Immortals, I'll be pretty excited. Um, you know how Immortals oftentimes will end the lane phase behind, especially recently. They've been doing it. They've been trying weird picks and weird comps and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I hope CLG still pulls their good early game lane swap uh, strategies on them and such because, you know, when they don't do that, they tend to lose. And Cloud9 against my boys as well on the Sunday. So it should be a very good week for me to be watching. Um Anyway, uh, any games you're looking particularly forward to next week? Uh, not 
nothing really stands out all that much to me. Yeah. I mean, I'll watch the TSM games and hope that they have a bounce back. They can rally. Yeah. But that's really more most of my concern right now. Yeah. I'm ta- and I'm telling you, like Echo Fox, they're on a hot streak right now. So we'll see. It's going to be an interesting game. I'm I'm excited about it. Um. So uh, speaking of which, uh, you know, meta stuff like we covered so much in the pre-show and stuff like that. Look, I still yeah. think I'm right about the 80 carries coming from everywhere. Um, want to go over this patch, the patch notes a little bit? Yeah. Maybe not quite as in depth as we did in the pre-show even, but. So, big one for me, big point of contention. Let's try to keep this relatively short, but I, I just don't get what the Ari nerf was for. I just don't I just don't see what about the current meta screams let's nerf an AP assassin in a in a <laughs> a meta filled with uh carry ADs almost exclusively and you just have a little bit of AP threat on your team comp uh, professionally or uh, solo QE. I, I, I understand so, why they made the change. I think, but... so I think the change is because it's this, um, Ari's charm kind of neutralized, uh, some of the champions that countered her, especially when it, she charmed them out in their dash, mm-hmm. stopping them from actually getting to her. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> so I think that's kind of where the uh, nerf is coming from. I. It's to give her a little bit more, ca- to give a little bit more counterplay against her. It's, <laughs> she has plenty of counterplay right now, as far as I'm concerned. I just, I just don't get now. I just don't get the timing of it. I'm just scratching my head over the timing of it. I don't think it needed to happen. I think you see a bug like that and you can fix it. Maybe you hold off a patch or two until we actually see some APs that are worth mentioning, not just utility bots running around the map and making sure the other team doesn't just mass armor and steamroll you. You know what I mean? Like the meta is looking pretty bleak right now from an AP lover's uh, point of view, man. <laughs> um but anyway, we're never going to agree on that point. No, we're not. So it's irrelevant. Um, you're pretty excited about the Ash change, right? Yeah, the Ash change is good. Her Q, mm. her Q stacks dropping off all at the same time always kind of felt bad. <coughs> um, <coughs> yeah. Especially kind of between the waves. Because mm. um, they fell off after four seconds. Which meant, you know, you get... You get their stacks up, and then <coughs> immediately they almost fall off. Yeah. All of them. Now, they're going to fall off one at a time over four seconds. Yeah. Which gives you a lot more time once you finish autoing the wave down to potentially trade with your lane. Right. Right? Because before you basically had to go all you almost had to go all in before the wave was completely done yeah whereas now you can know you can wait you can kind of set up maybe have one stack drop off Mm -hmm. that way you know you get that first auto attack and then you can go to the active queue yeah Um, so 
I do think this will buff Ash. Uh, still probably won't see much play professionally. It'll it'll help her laning phase though. Maybe we'll. See, I mean, we know she's a sneaky favorite, so maybe she we'll is. see sneaky bigger up. Or, um, she is. I mean, I I always hope she gets played, mm -hmm. but nothing. Uh, no uh, promises. <clears throat> Caitlyn mostly just some functionality change, so they just adjusted. With, yeah. Yeah, they ju uh, adjusted some numbers and made some numbers a little bit more clear on how much damage was going to get done. Yeah. Uh, on the increased headshots from your little snap trap. Yeah. Um, Ezreal. <clears throat> and they, oh. they evened out the cooldown on 90 caliber net so yeah. that non-pros uh, would be more inclined to take snap trap. Because yeah. it's, a, it's a gameplay conceit that Riot likes. So they want you to be taking, they want you to be maxing W second, because they think the gameplay is more interesting than maxing your E as an escape, because yeah. the cooldown increase was so steep uh, on your E, going from 18 seconds at first rank to 10 seconds, at, sorry, 18 seconds at first rank, 10 seconds at max rank. I will. This spread is now sixteen to ten. I will take a picture of all of my um, tiers that I've been collecting for AD carries this season and uh, send it to Riot. I will also post it on the website after the podcast. Yeah. But yeah, because I, I feel so bad that an ability could be so so <laughs> haunting to an AD carry that they can't decide um, which one they want because. Um, of uh, cooldown issues, I, I feel so awful for them. You always, Pete, you always reduce the cooldown of whatever escape ability you may have. As 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 any as, as, as any an, class as an so AD carries. It's, it's oh, as only AD carries specifically. So it's it's good it's good to see that, that Riot will continue to do that for AD carries and continue to ignore every other class champion that uh, has a similar uh, issue with uh, their abilities. Yeah, but the oh. other champion types don't matter right uh speaking of which uh ezreal get nerfed uh nobody is sad and it is probably not enough to his kit overall actually oh. uh in addition to two and items true shot barrage will still be up a ridiculous amount of time because of the max cdr builds he and will... the fact that every time he hits a q it reduces it by a second he will just um now not be able to use them so freely for farming, I think, basically. And for wave. Yeah. They'll have to hold on to them for the team fight. There will be a real decision there when a team fight time comes and he's like, Do I want to clear that wave on the other side of the map or save this for the team fight? So um Lucian got the weakest part of his kit nerfed. Uh yep. Which uh, bring which which most people literally just used for farming and maybe threw it out at the start of a team fight to soft people up. Yeah, so no big deal there. Um, I still think the rest of his kit maybe needs to be looked at, but whatever. I think his passive is... Anyway, I mean, he's not overpowered. Oh, whatever. Uh, Alawi uh, got a... We can't tell if it's a buff or a nerf. She, has... she is a champion with zero utility, so nobody knows. Yeah. Um, she is a lane bully that loses the game even though she wins her lane every single time. So we all know how exciting those are. Uh, Darius, 
Mordekaiser. Uh, anyway, um, she needs to be looked at. Uh, Riot, she needs more than that. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Jin, lot of lot of changes, mostly buffs, pretty much all buffs. Um, yeah. I still don't think he'll get seen being yeah. played this navy carry because of the ammo mechanics. Yeah, and he telegraphs it too much to his opponents. I can either CS here or I can trade with you. Oh, great. Well, we'll just trade with you. Well, oh. and the fact that his escape only happens when he has <clears throat> mm. an empty clip. Yeah. Like, when he's reloading. Yeah. Uh, so. It kind of, like, you kind of have to stand there and fire all four shots before you can get away. Yeah. Which is one thing that, even though Graves has an ammo mechanic, mm. Graves still has his dash. Yeah, built in. Okay. And his and his W too, which is pretty good for escaping as well. That yeah. couple seconds where they can't see you. So <coughs> um, I like the, I like the change on Sivir. Uh, we were talking about yes. that earlier. Where when Ricoch if Ricochet's first hit is a crit, the whole bounce yeah will be a crit chain. And I was thinking I was thinking that that wouldn't be that significant, but I almost never build crit on any of the champions I play. It's actually going to be pretty significant, right? It so, will be, and yeah. Sivir, this change I think will get, mm. we'll have Sivir seen, see yeah, a lot yeah. of play. Yeah. Uh, when the when the patch goes live. Yeah. She I mean, already brings that. She is the you, team that engagement carry. that engage utility. Yeah. That yeah. Some a lot of the teams need, and I think that this kind of pushes her over the edge. Mm. It'll it'll let her. She will fill the void of an AOE. AD carry. The the team fight AD carry, yeah. I mean, the short AOE range. AOE team fight AD carry. Yeah, you know. Um, I don't understand why they would nerf Malphite and in such an insignificant way so as to just be an insult to us players who play something other than AD carry in a meta that is literally surrounded by AD carries and one of the only two champions that hard counters AD carries in the entire game. Malphite and Ramus being the two that I am mentioning. But whatever. It's a slap on the wrist. Uh... I don't care. Uh, the rumble change is nice. Rise got a buff though, Pete. Uh, well, rumble rumbles change is nice, right? It's just normalizing the skill yeah. required to use his mechanic or whatever with his yeah. harpoons. It's very good change. Rise got a buff. Well, super. He's still he's still kind of that problem. Uh, uh, win lane against a very small subset of champions, and he's a noob trap man. What's his win rate in the LCS right now? In ALCS. It's atrocious. Uh, yeah, right? I think it's pretty bad. He's he's a noob trap. He um, but yeah, that's actually a pretty significant buff. Uh, damage wise, eh? That scales <clears throat> up. I don't know if that's what he needed. Um, Shen Jungle coming back. Awesome. I cannot wait to play Shen Jungle. Um, Tom Kenshin getting plank. <coughs> Folks, please take them off of your auto ban lists. Okay. Probably. They've had enough. They're they're. I mean, Gangplank might still be a bit of a bitch to play against late game, and he might still be a bit of a bitch to lane against, but <laughs> please take them off your auto ban list. I think <coughs> they're pretty balanced now, uh, especially that uh, that uh, Q nerf on uh, Tom Kench. That width, I mean, that that was way too easy to hit with before, eh? Way too yeah. easy to hit with before. Um, anyway. Uh, Udyr nerfs, uh, so I talked about this a little bit, um, in the, a lot in the pre-show. He's getting hit with four indirect nerfs, no, sorry, two direct nerfs and three indirect nerfs yeah. this patch. Swifties, um, uh, Ludens, 
and Frozen Fist being his three indirect nerfs, and his two abilities get nerfed being his two direct nerfs. I think that's enough to kill him in competitive. Uh, champion already not being played in competitive. Uh, sorry, played one game by Dardock this week and uh, utter raffle stomp. <coughs> um, but whatever. Um, I'm a little upset about the um, Ludens uh, or Runic Echoes uh, nerf. I don't think it needed to happen. Um, but the item was ridiculous at 10% movement speed when it was added. So um, maybe they could have just altered it to be 25% movement speed. Ah, let me finish in the jungle just <laughs> to help AP junglers. I think that's where most <coughs> AP junglers suffer from the most is that mm -hmm. they just can't get around the map for their weak ass ganks when they actually finally show up. Um, or, you know, not 25%, but something. It's because they you know. stopped taking uh, Boots of Mobility. Uh, well, bo Boots of Mobility are, even with even with the nerfs to Swifties, Swifties are still better than Mobility Boots, pound for pound. Uh, if they want Mobos to come back, the, Mobos need to have a stat on them. Uh, something tangible in combat, unfortunately. Which, by the way, I'm loving the Mercs Treads buff. They have felt weak to me ever since I came back uh, to playing this game kind of full-time, whatever you want to call it, right? Uh, we were talking about in the pre-show. Like, they were utterly worthless. I think at 30% tenacity, we're going to see these picked a lot more on tank junglers um, and tank top laners, um, and a lot of tank supports as well, if they can afford it, um, mm -hmm. over Swifties now, finally. So, it's good. Um, so, the mana immunity changes yes. uh, make sense uh, in terms of I guess making it more even uh, mana acquisition mm -hmm. for that. For However, I don't <laughs> like the new <coughs> passive on Muramana. Right. Taking away the active. Oh, we agree on this. Yeah, we agree on Amazing, this. Amazing. You I didn't actually it... chime in in the pre-show. We agree on that. Huh. Yeah, we agree on that. I, it yeah. takes away a lot of the the skill of using it, right? The skill of using it, yeah. How much you want to use it for clearing a wave, how important is it to save it for, or <coughs> to save your mana for the t impending team fight, yeah. yeah. Now so... it just does it. <coughs> it's really... Yeah. Really... I, I don't like that. It's the same reason I'm not it, it does it on the new Death Blade. Only when you have a certain percentage of mana. Yeah. It's like, really... Really... Yeah. It's 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 taking decision making away from the players, and I'm somebody who I hate getting Blade of the Rune King, by the way. But it's it's core on a couple of junglers that I play that if I get ahead, uh, Shivana, Trundle, etc. Right? I hate yeah. using that item. Um, and oftentimes I'll die and I forgot to use it, or not get a kill and I forgot to use it, and I don't realize until afterwards. You know what? That's because I'm low skill. <laughs> I'm I'm 28 p.m. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. You know. Um, but you recognize that, and you know yeah. that you know that's one of the things that yeah. you can do to improve your play. Exactly. Don't take it is away. Is learn to learn to use and learn to remember those active items. Yeah. So I yeah I I really disagree with that uh, change as well, and I think the fine well Iceborne Gauntlet getting nerfed because Ezreal is, sucks, but you're right it's not really nerfing what I love to rush that item for anyway on any of my favorite junglers so. Where I'm, 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 uh, right is safe for me flaming them for that one. However, I'm going to flame them a little bit for Sterics. 
Uh, yeah. We've been over. I think we even might might have went over it last show. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it again. They're nerfing an item that was originally intended for juggernauts, whatever the hell that word means, by the way, for bruisers that want to get in there, okay? Um, because it's being used on ranged and is too strong on them. I'm sorry, where did the code go, Kyle Pet? That allowed them to make an item ranged or melee only? Just make Sterix melee only. Give ranged another item that's similarly balanced to these stats and put Sterix back to the way it is. Uh, it's not even a huge nerf, okay? But it's just enough to really piss me off because, again, because of, we can't have nice things. And and the, the, the way they could fix this is just too easy to me because they had to do it with Runans and uh, Hydra, remember, a couple seasons ago. So it's just too easy to me that there there's already something in the game. You don't even have to spaghetti a change. Make Sterics melee only, please, for the love of... And the Titanic so, and Ravenous Hydra. I do not understand how this got into the game in the first place. Unbelievable, eh? Like, Unbelievable. Like, I don't understand it. It makes absolutely no sense. I was telling you in the pre-show, I was thinking that because the um, smites are ba- relatively balanced now, I still feel actually they could do this, that maybe the fact that they were keeping the two Hydras like this, maybe they were going to go back to being able to swap out your... Um, your uh your smites uh because you know you don't really there's not one smite that's better early game mid game and late game anymore aside from maybe the warding one and even then um yeah i, I it good good on you riot for catching that one I, I have no idea why the hell that was uh the way it was anyway so yeah right it, everybody else has to commit to item item x why yeah. should people who are allowed to build titanic hydra yeah all of a sudden be able to switch to Ravenous if we need well, to. Hey, I, I want to switch from Yomu's uh, mid-game to uh, Black Cleaver late-game. They build practically from the same things because, you know, I want the tankiness late-game. No? That's not allowed? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Warlord's uh, change, nice, um, I think. Although it really is limited who it's going to be good on now, so that I'm a little confused about. But um, like I was telling you, like I, yeah, they mentioned two champions that you would use it on. I pretty much only see it being used on those two champions. It's sort of the problem. Uh, not 100% sure about it, but it is it is kind of nice um, for Olaf, uh, clear. And the new exposed weakness um, looks cool, I guess. Maybe a reason for supports to go somewhat into the ferocity tree from from you know occasionally right yeah. so aside from brand so that is this <coughs> the patch notes <coughs> i'm not going to go over cogma i know we talked about that pre-show i don't care been beaten to death and we have other topics we want to talk about yes um i don't think we have time to go into the huma thing this week no from europe so we'll 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 wait until the dust is settled next week for that probably to maybe make that a meaty topic for us yeah. <laughs> um i do want to talk about ember though yeah as my okay. as my horrible plague returns at the end of this yeah, podcast as your, um, as your plague returns so right? Ember's, ember ember yeah. signed weldon uh, <coughs> yeah uh, as their life coach 
performance coach. I'm not exactly sure what his title is. As a, on a non-exclusive deal, while Ember is in the Challenger series, anyway. And if you want to read that quote, please tell me you kept it. Yeah, it's been so long uh, it before. Shh. All right. It's not an exclusive position. Ember specifically mentioned that they want some veto rights on who I work with, but don't generally care as long <coughs> as they get some coaching. If Ember do not make the LCS, then that opens a lot of doors. If they do make it to LCS, then they will most likely have a strong support staff and strategic head coach mm-hmm. that I will train as well as sometimes the players. So this is exciting. So I we don't really follow the Challenger series, the same as we really don't follow too much in the European scene outside of like big drama news. And um, obviously we don't have time to watch the Korean and Chinese and Southeast Asian no. Uh, casts really unfortunately uh so we we focus our attention on NALCS um and uh we put the blinders on when people say our region sucks no um anyway but we do, uh, blinders on we do but people say our region sucks. um ember is an organization uh, one of the organizations in challenger uh series and i say or again when i say organization it's such a huge distinction folks from team and there's a reason why I'm calling them an organization. Now, they're not in LCS yet or anything like that, but they are they are a really like looking like a really good team. Um they're the sort of team that we want to kind of to kick TIP and Renegades out of uh and ALC even though that's impossible. Uh this season um and uh, take over their spot because, you know, like the money behind them, the venture capital behind them I mean, we're not what? It's not pure greed here, is it? Or um, vicarious greed, is it? That they they're just willing to throw money and buy Weldon, and they're searching for Santorin, which leads into that Huma stuff, and we're not going to talk about that. So yeah, um, I mean, to um, you know, it's no. not just that, but it's exciting to see people who have not had a proven model yet. You know, in esports, because it's still we were talking in the pre-show about how hard it is still to get your money out after you've invested it, right? Yeah. Um, that are just willing to throw down like this, right? I mean, this organization, you know, I barely heard, I I didn't hear about them at all until just a couple of weeks ago. I their name started to come up in, uh, you know, League of Legends Reddit subreddit, right? Yeah. Uh, you hear that a few times and you start googling them and you start, oh wow, like they're making some moves here, you know. This is uh this is a big deal, folks. Um, if if they make it in, we're gonna have you know eight or nine teams that are just like you know neck and neck with each other next split. Just you know, it's gonna be exciting. Um, uh, and you know they have some good talent from from the past that uh, you know we were sorry to see go. Um, from uh, pro, right? Yep. Uh, Glebe's Glebe's come in as their uh, as uh, substitute support anyway. Uh, Golden Glue is back in mid. Uh, we all know he had a an exceptionally good run for the start of uh, for the start of uh, his uh, his run in uh, LCS. Anyway, started to fall off a little bit late there. Um, and if they do get Santorin in as well, no offense to uh, who they have in jungle now. I mean, my God, they're actually going to have a really contentious team um, coming <coughs> straight out of the uh, Challenger series. No more TDK. Uh, hype train and busts i'm hoping anyway so anyway um yeah just uh giving props out to ember who i think we will 
hashtag in this uh, podcast when we upload it because why not get the hype uh, I, I don't really think they'll get Santorin. It seems a little weird that they would get, <coughs> that Santorin would come back to North America. Yeah. Shortly after he left, especially when he left. One of the reasons why he left was because he was homesick. Well, it is, and he didn't really—he missed being in Europe. It is just a—it is just a rumor because we know that they're trying to unload uh, players um, desperately, um, and uh, so it is just a rumor that like we have zero confirmation on that. And he is a very good jungler that would technically be available if they're trying to sell his contract to somebody else, right? So, um, but anyway, yeah. So that is <coughs> LCS as of uh, today. Obviously, as usual, we're going to get some big LCS news first thing tomorrow morning, of course, after Probably. we upload the podcast. Um, want to quickly talk about Heroes of the Storm. Azul the Necromancer from Diablo 2 is uh, coming out. <coughs> uh, wow. Seriously, just when you're, I... You're like dying. I think we should just right? kind of wrap things yeah. up and... I'm just can e- talk about Zool next week. I'm just excited about him. That's all. We'll, we'll talk about him more next week. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll wrap things up and drink some water. Good God, man! You can visit me at uh, at Brush W Insanity on Twitter. You can also see my webcomic um, at uh, BrushWithInsanity.com. It's about wizards. I think that's pretty relevant to League of Legends. And by wizards, he means it's about a necromancer. A necromancer and a warlock. Does everyone it's, forget that he's a warlock? It's about a necromancer. It's about a necromancer. <laughs> no, don't pretend that don't pretend that your warlock is important. It's about a necromancer. Yeah, the warlock's there mostly to be horrified at what the necromancer does. <laughs> Not gonna lie, where can the folks at home find well, yourself? Well, they can drop the two of us an email, mm-hmm. uh, fringemena at gmail.com. They have any thoughts, questions, concerns? We'd be more than happy to discuss those on air. Uh, and they can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Pet, where I occasionally tweet things, very occasionally. Awesome. And with that, uh, from Peter and myself, have yeah. a good night and enjoy the 